0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of The Mind Pump. The Mind Pump. So, of course, we talk about uh, fitness and working out and fat loss and getting healthy, but we also talk about current events and stuff that happened in our lives. Uh, that's in the intro portion of this episode, with, which lasted 39 minutes. Here's what we talked about. Adam started out by talking about his trip to Organifi in San Diego. That's Organifi's headquarters. Now, Organifi is one of our sponsors. They make organic, plant-based supplements like protein powders, green juices, gold juices, which are good for relaxation and sleep. So many juices. They have a a product called Pure, which is good for gut health and has also got some nootropic qualities. We think you should go check them out um, so much that we got a discount for you. Here's what you do. Go to Organifi.com forward slash MindPump and use the code MindPump for 20% off. Then I brought up a study that showed how people with high IQs um, have a higher tendency to be mentally ill. Um, So now I feel better about it. (laughs) (laughs) Then we talked about Kanye West and how he's come out publicly about his uh, conversion to or full conversion to Christianity. So we'll see how his marriage goes with- I'm sure uh, we're going to hear about it. Yeah, with his marriage to the devil. Yeah. Uh, then we talked about how my daughter loves her Felix Gray uh, glasses. Those are blue blocking glasses that she wears when we watch TV at night. Oh, and by the way, Felix Gray is partnering with Breast Cancer Research Foundation in October. So when you get a limited edition pair of the Nash frame glasses in pink lemonade, they'll give 10% of the sales to the- Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Now, Felix Gray, makers of the best blue blocking glasses you'll find. They don't tint or change the color of everything that you're looking at, so they're not orange or red glasses. They look good, yeah. um, and they are one of our sponsors. Here's, here's how you get yourself they're a pair. are not for dorks. Go to Felix Gray Glasses. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y, glasses.com forward slash Mind Pump. Make sure you get yourself a pair, and you'll get free shipping and free returns. And then we talk about LeBron James and how he loves to comment on everything politically, except for when it comes to China, because we know it's going to affect his uh, bottom line.
2: That's interesting.
1: Then we got into the fitness portion of this episode. The first question, this person wants to know, what's the best advice we can give someone who wants to lose a lot of weight, like 50 or more pounds? So we kind of break down what that looks like. Next question, this person's heard that the older you get, you lose muscle mass is this true, and can it be reversed with weight training? In other words, are we inevitably just going to get weak? Next question, uh, is it better to sit or stand for exercises? For example, you know, you do an overhead shoulder press. Is it better to do it standing? Is it better to do it seated? And if there are differences, are some of them better for certain goals, like functional strength, and other goals like sculpting the body this is the functional versus bodybuilder war there you go and the final question this person's a full-time personal trainer and wants to organize the payment side of the business and they want advice so we talk about how to charge clients uh the best ways to do that and then we at the end we talk about ways to collect the money uh via websites and stuff like that also this month maps anabolic is half off this is by far our most popular muscle-building, metabolism-boosting program that we have. This is the only time it's going to be 50% off, so you might want to act now. Dude, if you don't have it, how dare you? Now, this program comes complete with your whole workout, so there's four phases if you count pre-phase, so that's 12 weeks of working out, exercise demos, uh, the workouts are all laid out for you. Um, Follow the program as it's laid out, and you'll get phenomenal results. Here's how you get the 50% off. Go to mapsred.com. That's M A P S R E D.com and use the code RED50, R E D 50. No space for the discount. Dude, I want to hear about your uh, your trip to um, Organifi. Dude, it was awesome. The magical place. So
3: I forgot that they moved. So I'm taking Uber.
1: Wait, is this not where we went when we yeah, went? Yeah, yeah. This is. Oh, that's right. They were in the San process. Diego, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's
3: still San Diego. It's still not far. Like, I think the other place is kind of like downtown San Diego. And I knew I was coming in like two hours early. So I was like, okay, I'll just get something to eat, have coffee, relax until uh, I meet up with Shauna and Drew. So I get my Uber. I just give them the address. And, you know, I mean, Sal and I for sure like this where I have no fucking clue where I'm ever going, (laughs) right? So I'm not like, I just think I'm going to the same place. It just didn't dawn on me. So my head's like in my phone. I'm working. I'm I'm not even looking where we're driving. And so I'm like two hours early, right? And I look up and I'm like, oh, I'll just, you know, when we get downtown, I'll walk over and go get Grab some. Grab food or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I lift my head up and Uber guy's like, oh, we're here. And I'm like, oh, fuck. It's like an industrial area.
1: So there ain't nowhere to there's go. There's nowhere to go. And I'm like, I've got to
3: sit oh, out on their curb man. for like two hours <laughs> like a douchebag. <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, uh, do you know this area very well? Could you take me like to the nearest Starbucks or something? And uh, he's like, "Uh, yeah, I think there's one this way. And so then they, they, they took me over there. I hung out for a while. Then Shauna calls me up. says she's she's on her way. We meet up and we walk we walk over to this place. And it's I think I want to say it was sixteen thousand square feet. Big, wow, really big,
1: wow, yeah,
3: massive. And because the
1: place before was maybe half. Is it like a warehouse or like mm-hmm. office building? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very similar
3: like feel to you know like when we go to Onnit, mm-hmm. uh, they have like an industrial area that they're, they're surrounded by over there. Yeah, yeah just and,
1: offices or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: just like that. Uh, concrete floors. You walk in. Uh, I think their their doormats say "prepare to be hugged." So as soon as I walked through the door, <laughs> it, it was true. You know, like I got hugged like three mm. times right away. Wow. Um, was that's, that's uh, nice. Got to see uh, Shauna. Always love hanging out and seeing Shauna. She's great. Yeah, yeah absolutely love her. Um, Best Drew, rep ever. Yeah, she's awesome. And so is Drew. I mean, Drew's a really cool guy. Uh, as soon as we walk in, both them were there, um, and then they gave me a tour. Now. What was really cool was it's been I want to say
2: two years since. Wait, we, what was Drew wearing? Just that's just so I know. Uh, I sent. A, I did a picture. I posted the picture of him. He's very on. fashionista. Yeah, we we have a different style.
1: Yeah, yeah the, we, the last time we were there, he wore this this like it was like a jacket, but it buttoned all the way over on the left side. Right. It was like one of those uh, like Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Totally. Kind of jackets. Remember that? Yeah. And then you he had- You um, two are like, like you two are not man. allowed to comment on fashion. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it's good or bad. No, I'm we just, are. I'm we're just, very, very much allowed. We might
2: obje- not be right, but- Yeah. I'm objectively
1: comment. just to describe- Actually, I'll tell you this much. I might not know what good fashion is, <laughs> you're, but I know what bad fashion is. <laughs> you're, you're, you're,
3: you're, you're fashionally retarded. Let's <laughs> yeah.
1: just be honest. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, he had that jacket, and then he had uh, like- uh, They were like gold shoes or something last time. Was it right. something like that?
3: No. He wasn't that uh, flamboyant. It was uh, he was he was dressed, but he did have like a I think like a starred uh, long sleeve, short sleeve looking thing. Um, well, I, y- how was yeah. it long and short sleeve? Well, you know, it looks like it's a, a short sleeve, but it, it looks like you have a long sleeve underneath it. But it was actually sewn together as one.
1: Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. He does have wow. a perfect
3: beard. He did have a really good yeah, beard. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, we get there Very groomed and. Um, Right away, I'm like totally impressed with the place. The place is really cool. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm a little jealous of this. I hope that Mind Pump, uh, we grow into something to this size and that same kind of feel. I mean, it's got. Ping pong tables. It's got meditation rooms. It's got places where you can go take naps and sleep. It's got the video games. It's got a gym inside of it. Do like, they have
1: working places? Naps? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll
3: get to that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some, Everyone's got their dogs there. You know what I'm saying? Bean like bags and yeah,
1: yeah. no, all yeah. of that. Right? It's
3: very uh, you know Google, Facebook esque. Yeah, I was
1: gonna you know? say so, <laughs> I mean, those guys are machines. I mean, they really are. I, I have yet to walk into a facility and see. I mean, all joking aside, and this was in the old place. Uh, we yeah. walked in there, and it was like like a well-oiled machine. It was a
2: war room of sales guys. Hands
3: down. So we, we obviously, we have a lot of friends um, that sell supplements, and uh, some, some of them very successful at it. Uh, and so I've got the opportunity to hang out with a lot of these different CEOs that have built really successful multi-million dollar companies, none of them, which I'm as impressed as I am with Organifi's operations. I mean, they just, they, I mean, and you guys know, because I like, I could stare at numbers all day long. He's got, I think I counted 12, you know, 50 inch plasmas around the wall, all the walls as you're walking through there. And it's like all the data and analytics on the back end, like mm -hmm. all the infusion soft stuff. And you can see like, every, every influencer, every podcaster, every YouTube, everything that's, that, that they're, they're putting money out into advertising, uh, what it's converting at, what the rate, what the dollar, what the cost per acquisition is like, it's just, it's detailed. And then they have like sections throughout the building that are like, you know, oh these are all like our data analytic people. Here's like all of our, our sales call team people. Here's all of our like design people and they, and they have like these little, these little, little pods groups of like four to 20, depending on you know, what section.
1: What impressed me the most when we went the first time, when we went down there, um, and, and this is just something that I, I learned from managing gyms. Like when you walk into a gym, you can tell if it's, if it's going to be, or if it is a successful team by, um, feeling the, uh, the enthusiasm, energy, and the and the brand or whatever you want to call it from every employee. So like if you walk into a gym, obviously you have your general manager, your salespeople, and your and maybe your top trainers, but then you have like front desk people, porters, kids club. But when you meet those people and you can feel from them that they're super behind what they're doing, you know like this is a phenomenal team. That's what I felt with Organifi. When we went the first time, I don't oh, well. care who I talk to they yeah, were everybody's so, waving the flag. For they were sure. yeah. They were so behind what they were like, so behind what. Well, they were that's
3: doing. why they, they. I mean, they, they're on Inc. 500 for several categories. One of those being best place to work.
1: Yeah. I mean, so. they had like they had like water cooler things where you could drink green juice, and you know, people were talking about uh, all aspects of health. So it wasn't just a supplement company. They actually, you know, when you were talking to them, they were all everybody there was into health and wellness in real ways. You know what I mean? It wasn't oh, like they yeah. just had salespeople good at sales. They were really into health no, and wellness.
3: No, no. In fact, actually, what was neat, too, um, there was people there who have recently, in the last year, got a job there, and they found out about Organifi through listening to MindPump.
1: No way. Oh. Yeah.
3: So, that was cool. What we was got re- them employees? I tell you what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I tell you, it was-, it we was a commission? You're, you're welcome. It was a pretty cool feeling that, I don't know, I think they had 60-something employees. Roughly that were there, and uh, as I'm touring, the girl who the girl actually who toured me uh, didn't know much about me or Mind Pump or anything. We walked in, so she got introduced, and she's kind of like walking me. She must be new through, <laughs> yeah, through yeah. the through the place. And what uh, yeah. we couldn't get, maybe. Ten feet in the place without somebody turning around and, and recognizing who I was from Mind Pump because they all listen, dude. Like oh, the, that's great. I, Of all the companies that we work with and that we've done, we've done things with. This is also why I love Organifi is that they are there. I think that a lot of their values align with us, and they truly like the whole office listens. And I mean, like listens. Like I, every time I was walking through a section, I'd get bombarded by you know five mm-hmm. to ten people that would come up and they want to talk to me about yesterday's episode and what sal said about this and what do you think about that and like all wanted to engage in conversation about mind pump and what's going on with us that's like, awesome yeah that was really
1: there's w- a couple standout moments for me with the company one was when i first met because um, the way we got introduced to organifi i believe is when i first met shauna and i don't remember what event it was at do you do you remember the event we were at it, yeah, was, it was like it a was dinner Spartan. Was it the Spartan dinner? Yeah, it's yeah. the first time we met Sean. That's right. Yeah. And then we met her, and, and you know she's great, great vibe or whatever. Yeah, she's and then a we, sweetheart. We got introduced to the company, um, and then we saw what they did, and we liked them. And then the second thing that was a standout, and I talked about this recently, was that whole ordeal where, I forgot what company, uh, was a third-party tester that went and tested all these organic uh, vegan protein powders <coughs> and found high levels of heavy metals in them. Some of them had lead. And so immediately when we got that, uh, when we saw that study come out, I was like, "Oh hell no!" And I got on the phone right away with them, and I said, "I need to, I need to see tests from your, from your product, from your protein that yours is clean. Otherwise, we won't work with you guys." And they were so responsive; they were on everything right away. They cared, uh, they cared a ton about what we thought about the product, and they also wanted to make sure that people knew that they're. Stuff was legit. I, I, thought, I loved the way that they responded and reacted to that. You yeah. know? It was really telling.
3: So when I, I'm taking the, the, the tour around, we get to the section where they have like a, a gym area and this really cool kitchen area. And then they have this, this giant dance dance revolution game. But you guys have seen those before, dude? Right?
2: I, yeah, and I saw like on your story, uh, one of the employees there was just like hammering away at it, like I've never seen before. Bro, he was fifth in the world. Okay, so his listen to his story. wait. This is the whole thing. They
3: can compete. Yes. Wow. Yeah. There's like it's like a legit thing. Like, see, like he trains for. this.
1: Well, you could tell he leans back on the bars and his feet move like he's a uh, river dance or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally.
3: So uh, this dude, okay, lost a hundred pounds playing Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, what? what? That's all he did for exercise was practice Dance Dance Revolution. What a great story. I know. Yeah. That's why they. I think that's part of 100 like- A
1: hundred pounds? He looks like a normal- hundred
3: pounds. Wow. Through playing Dance Dance Revolution. Now, and I, I believe that's how it started. It started as a, you know, do this for exercise. It's a fun way to, to get in, you know, lose some weight, burn some calories basically- uh, and he got better and better and then fell in love with the game. and what you guys with so that video I, I showed you that was like a, he hit a, a, he was a perfect score. none of those were he never missed. What? yeah, that was a perfect score.
1: I've never played that game. How does it? Yeah,
2: because I mean, it was, it was going so fast and like all over the place, dude. I, so I if you looked at it.
3: the video, you see it like all the the uh, it just keeps saying perfect, 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 perfect. It just keeps popping up because yeah. he's hitting all these combos. So you just memorize like the whole thing, he, I guess. These moves. I so, mean, even if you did that, I think to, to accidentally not miss with your foot, I no, think would be a, crazy. Have you guys ever impressive. played? You guys ever played that game? Yeah, I've tried it like twice. Yeah, did you really? Not my thing. Yeah. Never, did yeah. you they, try it down there? No, they tried to get me. I'm like, get the fuck out of here! I'm not gonna go after that guy goes. Yeah. I'm, I said, uh, yeah. I mean, I,
2: I was pretty good at,
3: at Guitar Hero. Yeah, I'm a white guy. Long, I'm like, but... I already have a hard time dancing. Like, you're going to try and put like but buttons I have to hit yeah. at the same
1: time? Like, it's, that's why it would be good.
3: You,
2: you know, it's funny about that, too, because I was listening to, uh, I forget what business podcast it was back in the day, but they're talking about Chris Saka, like the, the major <clears throat> investor. And so he's like ranked number two or three in the world at uh, Wii Tennis. Oh, wow. It's like,
1: why? Just because he, <laughs> he wanted to be the best, you know? He's just like, oh, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you're already and awesome. kept
2: going crazy yeah. with it and is like num- ranked number two or three in the world.
1: Well, doesn't, didn't Organifi, don't they continuously get awards for uh, like employee satisfaction and working well, there? They're,
3: they're, they're ranked in Inc. 500. That's a big deal.
1: Like because employees like working there so much. Best place to work. Yeah.
3: So it's ranked best place to work That's in crazy. Inc. 500. So Inc. 500 has multiple like- uh, um, uh whatchamacallit's to
2: to, that they give away their awards like they have a lot of factors there right that environment but also like san diego
1: i mean you got like uh, pretty much everything you could ask
2: yeah no it's cool vibes dude
3: they have this outdoor section too you can lay out in the sun did they
1: give you any any hints on any new products or anything cool coming out
3: actually we didn't they talked you know it was it was more about i actually want to go down again and talk to them more about business stuff i want to meet with i i met the ceo for the first time um Jamel D G D J A M E L I think it's I I I got a I, I think I fucked his his name up uh, I apologize if he's listening but I had never met him before and young dude real young yeah. like, I actually thought they were fucking with me when they told me that he was the CEO and um, I, he's in his early
1: 30s and I know you guys met him yeah. how weird is that so I met Drew and uh, the guy you just said it in 2013. At, and Infusionsoft, uh, like, uh, it was this internet marketing seminar thing. This is back when Doug and I first uh, created Maps Anabolic, put it all together, put all the sales pro- stuff together, and we would go to these internet marketing conventions to learn more about how we, because, you know, I wasn't, I had no social media presence. We had no, no authority, so how are we going to get it out there that this is a good program? So we took these, we went to these seminars and stuff, and they brought drew and uh, the gentleman you're talking about up as an example of a successful company that utilized some of these techniques. And this was back in 2013. Was it 2013, Doug? Yeah. Yeah. So six years ago. Um, and so that's the first time I met them. How funny is that? And then we saw the video. Yeah.
3: His, his name, yeah. I, I heard her say Jamel, but I know he spells it D G A A M E L. So D J A. Maybe
1: the D is uh, silent. I imagine that. Or it's just Jamel. Yeah, uh, like that. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, so uh, so he
3: he had to be in his mid twenties when you guys. How met funny
1: him. is that? Because then Doug was able to pull up the video and show you guys. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that I wild? Know.
2: And we saw you guys just standing there getting evaluated.
3: And I, I guess he ha- he has a, a you know a aerospace engineering uh, background. smart I think. dude. Yeah, really smart guy. Really humble. Really cool. Uh, you would never guess that he's the man behind everything. Wow. Um, in fact, I was as I'm I'm asking all kinds of like. Analytic questions and like stuff I'm curious about on the back end and everything like that. And Drew's like, I don't know, you got to talk to Jamel about that. (laughs) I'm saying so he obviously is uh, responsible for a lot of what's going on behind the scenes, which makes that company super super strong. I mean, of course, they have. I mean, the first step is you have to have a good product, right? You have a good product.
1: Well, if you combine good product with good marketing, with good staff and good um, you know environment and good culture. culture, you're going to, you're going to do your, your odds of succeeding tremendously Hitting on all ends. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. I mean, if one of those things is off, you could still do. Okay. I mean, I know some supplement companies that, uh, you know, they do well. Um, but you go into their facilities and you, you, you walk around and you see the culture and you're like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a house of cards, but they do okay because the products are good and because they have some good exposure. Organifi's got all that; they've got everything working for them. Yeah. So, you know, so. it was pretty
3: amazing that you guys met them. All I mean, you pulled Doug put that, that video up and seen yeah. him. That I mean, that was seven yeah. years ago. So destiny. six I, years ago, I, I imagine six years ago. Yeah. So, I imagine they they were you know maybe maybe making a couple million dollars a year, and I believe they're on their way to a hundred million dollars. company. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: that's insane. So you just, know what I learned from watching that video with Doug? Man, I aged quickly. <laughs> what the fuck? Too much wisdom were thrown down here. That's it. Yeah, that's you what, know, what it, yeah. you said
3: it good the other day that we're, we're aging in dog years, dude. Does well, <laughs> it tell you <laughs> what? Hey, low testosterone and fucking and, uh, yeah. and divorce will do that to I you. I tell guy. you what, bro. Oh man,
1: a divorce <laughs> will make your hair turn grayer than a fucking. Oh man, man. I, think, yeah. I think mine's think, almost white now. Well, I don't know, dude. I think you and
3: Doug are the you you and Doug are the champions. You guys look the 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 same, the most similar. I think you and I look like we've aged
1: the most. Yeah, yeah. it looks like Justin and. Doug. Or, or not aging, yeah. I'm just, Especially Doug. Doug, looks I the mainly same. just haven't changed fashion. I, that's, I my, that's my secret. Yeah, the part part <laughs> of me is a little worried because I'm like, you know, Doug's a good guy, but maybe he's uh, maybe he's drinking blood or something. And it's, I don't know, yeah, something's yeah, going on. Yeah. He's doing some kind of secret rejuvenation, yeah. you know, technique. But he's not telling Tiger us about. Blood. It. Anyway, speaking to smart people, I read an interesting article on. IQ and uh, mental illness. Do I mean, you guys know that they're connected? Have I told you guys that before?
3: You have. you're at. A, I believe you're. You have a higher chance of mental illness the higher your IQ is. Yeah. Right. So tone like the line. Which I think we've. You when you meet like crazy. It, I mean, like way on the spectrum intelligent people. They're always off too. Definitely. Y-
1: yes. Right? But Mental illness is different than just being weird. Like no, there, I, there's being weird, which is okay. No, it's, off.
3: I said off, not weird. So there's you di- there's difference a difference little... between off and there's a difference between weird. <laughs> like, we're weird. I'm yeah. weird. You're weird. We're all a little well, weird. Like, all
2: their resources are just going to that one place. So they haven't really developed the rest of Yeah, that's you know, what I mean by like off. Like, you, you meet with them and
1: they're just, you, yeah. you
2: have these weird, your awareness.
1: Yeah. Well, so I read this, so I'm reading the study. So it says that people with high IQ are more at risk for developing mental illness than the rest of, rest of the population. It says that people with an IQ of over 130. Found that those with high intelligence are at significantly greater risk for the examined psychological disorders and psychological diseases, especially things like anxiety um, and anxiety related disorders. And they think that now the study suggests that that is due to the increased levels of awareness that people with really high IQs have. So because they're much more hyper aware, Uh. they react more to stimulus from the environment, they create a hyper brain, hyper body scenario where they display a hyperactive central nervous system so an example would be like tiny stimuli like a clothing uh, tag brushing against your strange sound can trigger a low-level chronic stress response hmm. which activates a hyper body response so they think it's just overexcitability, hyper awareness in really smart people so i guess you know now on the flip side here's the interesting thing low iq when it gets really low is also associated with higher mental illness So when you look at a chart of, you know, mental illness or whatever, in the middle is where it's the lowest. So people are kind of average, you know, normal or whatever. Mm -hmm. As you get to the really productive, really smart. Reverse bell curve. Yes. As you get to the, you know, low IQ stuff, then you start to see higher rates of, of mental illness. Kind of, kind of interesting to me, right? That it's does a,
2: actually make a lot of sense in terms of like having more, uh, you know, awareness and like really overanalyzing everything, you oh, know, yeah. it would, would just stress you the hell out like constantly. Yeah, just, you're imagine. in your head too much. Yeah, too you know much. Saying?
1: It reminds me of the, uh, the, also where men are on those charts. Have I told you about this? Where when you look at um, across, uh, you know, population and you look at, okay, most people fall somewhere in the middle in terms of intelligence and productivity. And then less people fall over to the left, which would be, you know, dysfunction, people committing crimes, people who are violent. And then on the other end is like hyper productivity, hyper intelligence, men, a higher percentage of men make up the ends than women do. So women, Mm. women are uh, the extremes. Yeah. There's more men at the extremes than there are women. Not a ton more, but definitely some more. And I was reading about this and they think that they think the reason why that is, is because. Men, uh, evolutionarily speaking, are just more expendable mm. because you know if you have a society and you lose a chunk of the women, um, the odds that that society will be able to succeed and continue are low because women can only have one baby every nine months, whereas you can have where one man can impregnate, impregnate many women in a nine-month period. So nature basically rolls the dice more with men. Yeah. And what you end up with is more crazy people. But sometimes you get like hyper productive uh, type of people as well. It's <laughs> so, a roll of the dice. Yeah, you yep. know what I mean. So we're just expendable like that. Anyway, <laughs> so see. the whole like you know that. Uh, well,
2: the, that's it. We might as well talk about Kanye West. You had something to talk about because <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people think, spectrum people. <laughs> yeah, they think that like I mean he's pretty much on the level. Some people think he's he's a genius in terms of like his his ability to create and musically he, he yeah, is. Yeah, you
1: can't deny that. He, right. Well, he publicly yeah. he, he publicly came out. As a like a born again Christian, so this is now. I
3: can't wait for his new album because it's it's going to cause all kinds of controversy. I just know it really? is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is it
1: all about that?
3: It, let's look at the title of it. Hit the hit. I'm um, pretty sure
2: it's like search. almost like gospel music. Yeah, no, it's the, t- the title.
3: Uh, I can't believe I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. Kanye's new album.
1: Now here's my question for you guys: Do you how do you think this is going to affect his his marriage? Because his wife Kim Kardashian, and that whole family doesn't exactly jive with uh uh you know with Christianity, I would say, yeah, <laughs> you well, know what those values I don't
2: know. maybe maybe she's bought in though maybe he convinced her I don't know yeah, that's a good question that would that would be interesting to yeah. see oh
1: it's it's called yondi oh really yeah, that's what it says up there. that's not what I read before yeah, it says uh Jesus is King album. Oh, is that the, uh, the, the yeah. subtitle to it? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, uh, that's yeah, what I
3: read before. Yeah, so it's a—it's not very subtle. Yeah, no, there's yeah. nothing subtle about it whatsoever. <laughs> so so I, you guys
1: think that's a Christian album? <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be, it will be interesting. I don't know, do you think that really matters for her? Bru- you know? Dude, if you're, it, it, look, at, the, that whole family does shit that is, whatever, teach I don't their understand own. her at all. So, but they don't, whatever. It, it doesn't jive. In fact, he commented about something. Um, It said something that she did something where she wore some outfit or whatever, and he said something like her outfit uh, hurt his soul. So he's already commented on some of the shit that she's worn or done. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. It says uh, she wore some outfit at a Met Gala, and he said that her sexiness is hurting his soul (laughs) as he criticized her wardrobe. Yeah, for displaying too much of her body. Come on, dude!
2: Like, wasn't he the one behind her whole it, breaking the internet uh, pictures where she was like, you know, like dressed with nothing and her her you know famous big booty was out in the open. Yeah. Oh, the champagne one. Yeah, is that him? Was he was a, be, oh, that, I'm pretty sure. Like, like he like was behind the idea of that. Right?
3: Well, what'll be what what will be interesting because and we probably you guys probably had no examples of this in your life. We all have a friend or somebody who finds religion. At one point in their life, oh, and, yeah, and they just go—they go.
1: ju- just starting to learning how to. How to what's the word? They integrate just hammer it. you with it because well, they're learning how to integrate it. Yeah, they yeah. go from
3: one extreme to the other extreme, and uh, you know, I—he's what—he's—he's he's bipolar, right? Is he? Yeah, yeah, I believe oh, okay. he's. Yeah, I believe I he's bipolar, right. and so
1: oh, maybe he's feeling manic right now.
3: Right, so it could be like one of these deals where he goes way off deep end on that side. So I don't know. No, nonetheless, it's going to be interesting to
2: watch.
1: Well, you know, it, <laughs> you know it's no different than when you first when one of your friends first finds fitness. It really isn't. You're, you're, you know that friend that all know. of a sudden now is like CrossFit or is working out, or all of a sudden becomes like a, a nutrition. Nazi yep. and they're fucking annoying for like a year, Yep. you know, telling everybody they got to work out or whatever. The, the, the best, uh, the best way I've learned about this was watching, um, the documentary on, uh, Mr. Rogers. Remember that documentary? love yeah, mm-hmm.
3: that documentary.
1: Nobody knew that Mr. Rogers was such a hardcore Christian. And he said he didn't want to, he wasn't trying to preach anyway. He just wanted to be an example. And mm-hmm. so when people would ask, why are you such a nice guy? Then he would mention, Oh, it's because I'm a Christian or whatever, it's no different than fitness. It's like trying. I tried so hard to convince family members to work out, and all it did was push them away from fitness, it pushed yeah, them away from health. The best and fitness. way to
3: do it is to be an example, be an example, and eventually people will
1: ask you and be humble and yeah. be cool about it, and don't judge people and do your thing. And then, yeah, you're right, people eventually will ask you and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to lose some weight, or Hey, I, you know, my knee hurts, what do you think I should do? And, and then, or Hey, why do you have so much energy all the time? Like, well, because. I exercise, and then they'll ask you more questions about it. No, it, it's that's, the only way.
3: No, it's a it's a great uh, analogy because it's <clears throat> we get asked that question a lot. Like, you know what do I do with my you know my mom or my spouse or my family member that you know they're they're eating terrible, they're doing all these things, and I want to help them. They need this help, and it's like you can't do anything. They mm-hmm. have to ask you, and it's the same thing if you were somebody who's hardcore religious, you found Jesus and and it's changed your life and you have a spouse who's not, or you have somebody and you feel you need to save them. And then all it does is push them away because you're constantly preaching to them. It's like, you know, your best way to help those people, whether it be trying to, you know, and doctor only way. Yeah. Or get them to eat well is to be an example, Mm -hmm. be an example, such a good example that they can't help themselves but ask, like, what are you doing? Well, like,
1: think uh, about it. You're if
3: happy, you're amazing, you're totally. good to people, good things are happening in your life all the time. I don't understand this. What is going on? Tell me. And that's where you have an opportunity to talk to those people about whatever it well, is. Well, think
1: about it. If if you all of a sudden converted to becoming a fitness enthusiast, all of a sudden, you whatever, you're like, oh my God, exercise is changing my life, eating right is changing my life. And then you become an asshole to the people around you. Do you think they're going to want to Even all of a sudden, you're just berating them and hammering them and making them feel judged. Now, here's the flip what if you start exercising and eating right and you become more calm? Mm -hmm. You become a nicer person. You have more enthusiasm and energy. You're just in better moods all the time. You look better, but you don't talk about how you look better. You're just, they can see that. Right. right? And then they want to ask you what's going on. And what's happening? And that's the best. It's the, the most effective way. It's the most effective way. It's. I, I went to one. Uh, I went to a church service where the, the pastor was actually talking about that, and he's like, you know, he goes, a big mistake people make is that they find something and then they make people not want to even look into it because they don't. They don't become better as a result of it in that person in the other person's eyes. Why not just become better and allow people to be themselves and then and then wait and see what happens? It doesn't guarantee, by the way. It's not going to guarantee that. Just because you started working out and eating right, that the, the people around you are going to start doing it. But it's pretty much guaranteed that they won't if you hammer them about it. No, all the time. It, they're definitely
2: watching you, which is something you know. Even if they don't ask you questions, they're 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 paying attention. No, you, you I, I I hundred percent agree with
3: that. And yeah. I, I, to me, if if they're not, it just it's a reminder that I must not be exemplifying that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're not asking, if if I think that you need health and fitness in your life, or Jesus for that matter. And I and I want you to, to see what it's done for my life and you haven't asked a question. To me, that's just a, a reflection that I'm not obviously I'm not exuding yeah. it enough. Obviously, I'm not the best billboard. Right, exactly. So it's just more I instead of worrying about you, I got a lot of work still to do on me. Mm-hmm. I still gotta keep working on my shit because obviously you live with me or you're around me all the time and you don't find the need to ask me anything. To me, that's the that's the greatest example of oh, wow, there's still a lot of work I got to do on myself if I can't even get the people that are around me that see me all the time to ask me questions like, what is it about you? What are you doing so different? Like, tell me more. Well, think of, right.
1: the, think of the perception that some people or a lot of people in fitness, have, that we have on, on a lot of people in fitness. So if I say to the average person, the average American who doesn't work out or whatever, and I say, hey, what? It, tell me some characteristics about fitness fanatics and enthusiasts, you know what you're going to hear a lot of? Oh, they, they you know, they like to flex in front of the mirror, take selfies. Right. They, they, they'll make you feel bad for eating a certain way, or they'll tell you what you're doing is wrong. And that's not the perception you want to give off. What if it was like this? What if I said, "Hey, give me, what do you think about like fitness fanatics and enthusiasts? like, oh, God, they just seem to be really happy. They seem to have a lot of energy. They seem really nice to you know. Yeah, to, their to skin looks good. Yeah. They, they smile all the time. You know how many more people <laughs> yeah. you would convert because people you don't have to say anything. They just look at you and see it, and they just say, "Oh wow, that why is that guy so so happy all the time? Like why are you so energetic and stuff all the time? What's going on?" Rather than the whole like. You know, hey, every time I eat a fucking donut, you know, my, my, my cousin comes over and tells me I should not be eating this donut. Yeah, Screw you, dude. I'm going to eat this donut even more now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, rebel. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. Did it's you so guys funny. happen?
3: You guys listen to the Near episode yet?
1: Oh, the uh, I haven't listened to it, I but mean, I got I comments there. on it. That would yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. That's yeah. right.
3: So was I. That That's a, I'm listening. I don't listen to our episodes that often. Every once in a while, uh, an interview, I enjoy so much. I go back and I listen to it again. That's one I did. Yeah, that was so, a
2: very riveting uh, uh, conversation. I feel like
3: for you guys it would be cool on, like, with your kids and stuff. Would your kids listen to that, or would you let them listen to that? Would, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna at have some point. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm gonna listen to it with my, with both of my kids, but my son especially. Um, in fact, his school is having them do a tech-free Saturday. Oh wow! So the school actually told the kids um, no technology on Saturday. Um, if you do use technology, um, then we want you to reflect on it and why you couldn't stay away from technology. And it's really cool. And so my son's totally, you know, totally into under- it. And uh, speaking of technology, my daughter absolutely loves the kids' Felix Grey glasses that she has.
2: Oh, now after you've tricked
3: her, you tricked her into using them, yeah, now yeah. she's hooked on was them? She, was,
2: was it like a battle, like he had to like kind of sell her on it? Or did she initially like She,
1: she likes them because them. they look good. Yeah. So they look kind of cute, you know, because they're for kids or whatever. Yeah. She sees me wearing mine. So it's like something we do. So we'll be sitting around, you know, we'll sit on the couch or whatever, and right. we'll we'll watch something together. And I'll take my glasses out, and then I'll say, "Do you want yours?" And she'll say, "Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely." And she puts them on, and she you looks so. Ritualized
2: adorable. it with the family because we we put them all like stacked uh, right next to the couch, and mm-hmm. so we just if the TV is ever on now, we all just go grab and put them on. Yeah, we do yeah. totally.
3: Now, have you guys seen the pink ones that they're doing? Mm-hmm. No, what's the pink ones for? So they they have like a breast cancer awareness month they're doing, and they're donating money. Doug, could you look that up? Oh, I heard about. that. Yeah, Rachel said something to me last week about it, and I knew we had Felix Gray coming up sooner or later, and I wanted to, to mention that I know they're doing something for breast cancer awareness month. Oh, well, there
1: you great. go. There's a there's a, they're partnering with Breast Cancer Research Foundation in October, so they released a limited edition of the Nash Frame in the color pink lemonade, yeah. and ten percent of sales will be donated. To the Breast Cancer uh, Research Foundation for the month of October. Oh, That's nice. very nice.
3: I have the
2: Nash
1: ones. That's very nice. You that got the pink, fits pink ones. Fits my up? fat face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah, actually no, would, I don't. Have
3: pink I would ones. think you would do a different pair because you do have a bigger
2: face. I I wear the Nash because it's kind of a narrow. <laughs> actually, I, will, I gave the I, I take it back. I gave those the Courtney. Yeah, and then I had to get the other ones that were bigger yeah, yeah. I would think you
3: because I wear the I have a real narrow face and the nash is what fits me really well oh look at those they're actually kind of stylish they dude. look
1: really good don't they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't look bad on you Adam I could see you wearing uh, pink glasses uh, yeah. with the right with the <laughs> right well, no, he tends to push yeah it. no I know he, he can right get outfit, away with it
2: with the right outfit
3: if I had like he, a, if I had like a, a, a pink
2: it. tie or like a light pink shirt I would do something like that yeah, yeah. but was not his name just? Paul Schaefer or the, the one that was uh, David Letterman's guy he was always wearing the flashy glasses like that yeah No, Outfit, I would. I don't know if I
3: would yeah. just Hollywood. Hollywood all the time. Yeah. Hey,
1: did you guys see what's happening with uh, LeBron James? Oh, bro. You know what? No. What's what's I with? I you know.
3: There's a part of me that I have empathy for him because when you become that massively famous. You can't. People just want your opinion on everything. Yeah. Just shut so the mic and. So there, yeah. They're, they're, there's a little bit of empathy I have for them. but then I have the other side of them where I want to just go, "Shut the fuck up! Mm. Stop talking about politics." This is I. You. You don't. It's. I. I fear this from me. Like I. People tend to ask us a lot of questions that I know that I'm not an expert in, and I don't like commenting on. It's like I don't know enough. I don't know enough to have a a deep uh, intelligent political debate with you over this I'd much yeah. rather step aside focus on my craft which most of all of you fell in love with me for which is playing basketball and continue to stay doing that and I'm just going to fucking step out of this conversation but we put all of this pressure on famous people to tell us what they think because they have this platform and then what ends up happening in my opinion is people end up manipulating these famous people to in their direction and then all of a sudden they, no, they have you,
1: you just like him Huh? You just like LeBron. I do. Li- I like no, him. No, he's full of shit. I'll tell you why he's full of shit. No, I like him as a player. I can't stand him as somebody who's you trying know, to... You know why he's full of shit? I'll tell you why he's full of shit. He's not manipulated. He has a big mouth. It's his own fault because he's the same guy who's putting out tweets about, you know, if, if you're silent about, you know, injustice in the world, you're part of the problem. Oh, you know, open your mouth. He's talking about, you know, calling President Trump a bum and wearing T-shirts of black Life, like Black Lives Matter. Talking about police brutality and this and that. Then China, then I don't remember who it is, an executive for the NBA wore a t shirt that basically said, you know, stand with the protesters of Hong Kong. China is a massive market for the NBA. LeBron James probably has a billion Chinese fans who buy all of his shit. Right. So, what does LeBron do? He comes out and, like, basically talks shit about the guy for saying something about Hong Kong. He doesn't know a lot about. What's going on over there? And he shouldn't be tweeting oh, anymore no. or whatever. So all of a sudden, Mr. fucking vocal. I, know. I, saw, his pres- oh, I no. saw his press
3: conference and I was just shaking my head like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Getting involved? That's why I didn't like that stupid show that he just did. Yep, the one, I, the fucking HBO one or whatever it is that he's doing right now. The I, the one I keep fucking the name of. Well, it I, seems I'm disputed like or it whatever seems it like yeah, uninterrupted. That's what it is, right? And, Doug? It, and it seems like <laughs> he
1: has a whatever. I don't. It's know. a shitty show. Yeah. Don't waste well, your time. it looks like he's ready to talk and and, and act tough when it ain't going to affect his bottom line. But because it's China, which is going to affect his bottom line in a big fucking way. Now he's gonna act well, like Mr. Is what, fucking. I so don't this is really where I think he's manipulated,
3: right? You have mm. got to think he's got an agent or he's got a PR rep that's telling him, "Hey, you need to come out and say something about this because this will affect you significantly if you don't." And instead of like thinking it all the way through, of like, "What am I getting involved in?" and yeah. and caring and being easily manipulated and directed to say or do things, he fucking gets out there and he says, stuff. it's like, bro, stop." stop. You're, if you're as good as he is, okay, here's the deal, right? And I know that there, uh, there's a, a, a reporter one time that got uh, totally lambasted for saying, uh, shut up and play basketball. It's a famous quote that was said and got all kinds of backlash for somebody saying that, a guy saying that about uh, you know an athlete speaking out about political issues. But the truth is, if you're a superstar athlete at his level, you got to believe that ninety nine percent of his time is dedicated to playing basketball and being great at his craft and sure. recovering and training. It is not studying history and politics and everything else like that. He gets a fucking snapshot of that with and and given to him from other people probably mm-hmm. that would love to manipulate his message. And you
1: and you have a big ego because everybody looks at you right. and, and and you know t- tells you how awesome you are and you have this huge platform and. I mean I understand it but here's the here's the thing if you're going to have if you're going to stand for something first off I support the fuck out of people who walk the walk if you if you stand for something and your actions reflect it man yeah. even if I disagree with you I respect that like I respect the fact that you're not full of shit I don't have a problem with him speaking out that's his right and and he seemed like he was super against injustice but this now just shows that you, he's not. Well, it's just inconsistent. You, no integrity. Yeah. No integrity. You're 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 afraid. Like if you're going to be a, a big mouth about stuff, that's fine. I know I'm a big mouth, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to be able to stand behind what you're doing even if that means that they that now your money. Well,
3: you know, somebody asked, I got a bunch of questions people were asking. Cuz China
1: me. has a lot of power with So this.
3: Steve Kerr was asked in questions about all this and he just psh- didn't want to say anything about it. He got a ton of people were pissed at him. And I got a lot of people DMing me asking me my opinion. So here's my opinion on that. Steve Kerr not a fucking politician. <laughs> yeah. Steve Kerr probably has the same views as I have, which is I don't know enough about this that yeah. I'm going to make a hard stance and comment on it because I don't know. Get on it it got to do my research, and I and I respect somebody who does that. Right. I don't know why we feel that we need to hear everybody's opinion on things if they're not educated in it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not educated on an opinion, I'm either one gonna preface it with that. Yeah, I don't know a lot about this, but what I do know, I've heard this or heard that. Based off that, maybe this. Like that's how well, I'm gonna okay. talk. I'm not gonna say come out like a LeBron James yeah. and make hard stances in areas it's that like I need knee jerk response. I just don't know enough things. about. it. Yeah. yeah, and so Steve Kerr opted out. Of commenting on something like that, which I don't, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, 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 think that sometimes, sometimes the best thing said is nothing at all. Totally, yes. you know, totally, a hundred percent. But I
1: will say this: this is playing right into uh, this coming election because <laughs> what's happening is a lot of people are having really negative views on China. I know
3: you said you actually said something that I didn't even think about that I think is yeah, a, it does make sense. A pretty smart. Uh, you know, speculation.
1: Yeah, the more they blow this up, the more American fans are like, "Screw you, China!" For right. you know, for for doing this stuff or whatever, and which only plays into Trump's hands with his whole tariff war. Yeah, any rift
2: is going to help his cause.
1: For sure. The more Americans have a negative view on China, the better for President Trump. I think it's all garbage, but <laughs> I'm just saying, politically speaking, the better it works for for him. And this is just one of those things. The fact that they're threatening to you know to ban the nba and the, because of you know people's words like again americans don't agree, there's a lot of things we disagree on but one thing that we're uh, across the board whether you're left or right for the most part Freedom is of speech. don't tell us what we can and can't say right. and you know so this will be really interesting <laughs> Quee has landed.
0: Quas. Today's Qua. maps today's quads brought to you by maps anabolic if you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Matt's Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started
1: today. It's the motherfucking quack. Eagle has
2: landed.
1: Qua.
0: First question is from Papa Bear 1414. What is your best advice for someone who wants to lose 50 plus pounds? Where to start, how to stay motivated, and how to transition from unhealthy to healthy habits? Good question, and um, one that I think a lot of
3: people fuck up. Mm -hmm. When I look back at all the people that I've trained, and uh, specifically ones that had 50 to 100 or more pounds that they needed to lose, if I could say that the number one mistake— that they all made is for years, obviously, like whoever this person is, they. I think we can all agree that you didn't wake up one day and put 50 pounds on, right? That took uh, probably years of, of bad behaviors or bad choices when it came to food and exercise and things like that. And, and, and now you're here, but now you recognize it and, and you want to make a change. But what ends up happening is we go from hardly any movement, or you know pretty sedentary lifestyle not exercising probably not making the best food choices to I'm going to change my life and I'm and so ever I mean you fucking throw out everything in the in the kitchen and you start all over you buy a personal trainer who's going to train you 3 days a week and then the other 3 days you're coming in on your own or you're running or you're and you and then you start eating salads you know three times a day uh you're taking all the fat loss supplement I mean you just throw the whole Mm -hmm. kitchen sink out of it at it and that is such a bad way to attack a goal this size and you are far better off picking one or two things in your life that you know weren't serving you towards this goal i.e i drink fucking six sodas a day or i, i eat out at taco bell every single night like there's probably a lot of things in somebody who's put 50 to 100 pounds on that they were doing that they know is probably not ideal behaviors, and instead of trying to cut them all cold turkey and go balls to the wall with exercise, you were better off starting off with one or two small goals and, and, and fucking hammering those and hitting them home, and then if they become they become new habits mm-hmm. and new behaviors, and then you slowly add to that. It sounds like it's going to take you longer to get to the 50 pounds that way, but it's that's not true. You'll actually get to the 50 pounds faster by doing this slow and right than you would be if you come out the gates and you lose 20 pounds fast, because the 20 pounds typically does come off pretty fast for somebody that's got to lose 50 to 100, but then the hard plateau comes after that, and you're not even halfway to your goal and you're already doing the gym six days a week, you're already eating three salads, you're already doing the protein shakes, you're already taking the fat burners, you're already fucking biggest loser training where you're sweating your dick off every day in the gym, and you don't know where to go from there. And the only place that you normally do is go back to where you were, and what ends up happening is you go back, and you go back worse. That's what I would say is the number one mistake.
1: Yeah, look at your, realize this, that your Body is a reflection of your total lifestyle. So it's everything that you do, everything that you eat, just basically how you live, your body is a reflection of that. And now you want to radically change the way your body looks. So you're going to have to change your lifestyle, but it goes a little further. You're going to have to change that lifestyle and it's going to have to stay that way forever, forever until your last day on earth. Otherwise, it'll go back. You'll go back to the way you were before. So this isn't a destination that you get to and you get this accomplishment. And then after you get to that accomplishment, you think, okay, I'm here now. Cool. Now I can stop all this crap that I've been doing and I can go back to what I was doing before and the weight will stay off. It doesn't work that way. And I think that's obvious. I think a lot of people kind of understand that, but you have to really understand it. Now, once you really understand it, realize and appreciate, here's a big one, really appreciate the how hard it is to ch- to fundamentally change your lifestyle it's not easy you're changing your life it's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do now anytime you make a big change and a challenging change in your life the best way to do it is slowly just like what adam was saying you're not you, you you're not going to change it overnight and if you do it's not going to stay that way permanently the statistics show it. Um, It's uh, 100%. It doesn't work for most people long-term. The only way to achieve long-term success is a very slow and steady approach. So what does that mean, slow and steady? Does that mean I tackle everything a little bit? Maybe. uh, Here's a better approach. Tackle one small thing at a time. So maybe what you do right now is uh, you, if you're not eating vegetables, say, okay, I'm going to start eating vegetables every day. And just do that. Once that becomes natural, once that becomes a part of your life where you think to yourself like this is just the way I eat now and it's totally, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, this is permanent. Then add the next thing and then do that until it fe- feels like it's permanent and then add the next thing and, and be kind to yourself. If you're not exercising at all and you never have exercised or it's been a long time, going from that to three or four days a week in the gym, you're not being very kind to yourself. You're not really being empathetic to how challenging it is. Why not go from zero to one? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the gym on Mondays. That's it. Monday, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to spend 45 minutes in the gym doing a few things. And I'm going to do that for a while until it's automatic, until it becomes something that I'm always going to do. And then I'm going to add another day. In fact, you won't even have to tell yourself that. It'll happen naturally. I, I, when I learned this as a personal trainer – Training clients, I remember how much it blew me away. I, I I really had this epiphany probably seven years into my career, and then I would train. You know, when people would come to me and say, "How many days a week do I need to work out?" and I'd say, "Well, what's realistic for you?" Forever. And and once we we kind of get down to the the bottom line, it was like you know one or two days a week. And I'd say, "No problem. Let's start with that." There's a lot we can do with one or two days a week in the gym in comparison to zero, in comparison to what you're doing now. There's a lot. There's a lot of room. That I have to play with, with one or two days a week. And then we would start like that. And what would end up happening is they'd come and see me one day a week or two days a week. Little by little, they'd start really enjoying it. They'd start feeling the, the results. It feels good. Becomes a part of their life. Before I'd know it, they would come to me. They would come to me and be like, hey, Sal, I want to I wanna do an extra day. What do you, what do you think I should do? And I'd be like, well, what sounds good to you? Yeah. Do you want to do more resistance training? Do you want to do yoga classes? And then they'd pick an extra day. Or their diet. They would start with one thing. And then they come to me like, you know what? I I'm, I think I'm going to start reducing my sugar intake. I'm like, that sounds good. And over the course of you know, 50 pounds, if you do it slowly, it might take you one or two years to do it the right way, but it ain't going to come back. Yeah. You're good.
2: Yeah, I, I look at it as like, do you want to constantly be at war with yourself? And what I mean by that is, if I'm going to take this approach, like I'm going to do everything at once and I'm going to get to this, this place where I feel like I've lost the 50 pounds and, you know, I did this massive accomplishment, but I didn't do the, what you guys are describing in terms of like taking your time through it. So you actually, uh, you know, learn, learn it at a level that it's almost unconscious. Like I, I, this is who I am now. This is who I'm becoming. Um, you're just going to keep battling this this is just going to be a constant thing that you have to like consciously think about i have to get to the gym i have to eat better i have to do this like it's you're always hammering yourself about uh whether or not you're doing good or you're not doing good and this is always going to be a battle for you versus taking that time to really you know use this as an opportunity to now i'm just going to focus on this this thing i know i can 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 changed on a level where it's it's just not going to affect me anymore like it used to.
1: Yeah, here's here's the here's an a good a good way of saying this. Uh, oftentimes, I'd get a client that would come to me and say they want to lose a lot of weight, and we would talk about it. And I'd always ask why, and you know, how do you think that's going to make you feel, and what's the reason why you want to accomplish this? And oftentimes, I would hear people say, "Well, it's going to make me happy." Here's the irony of this: you don't lose weight and then become happy. You actually become happy. And then you lose weight. It's it's the other way around. It's the
3: same thing as is chasing money and rich. You know, you're mm-hmm. not gonna you, people. They have goals of making a certain dollar amount, and if you, once you get there, you think you're going to be happy. And what everybody who's ever achieved that goal will tell you is it's not how it works. Mm-hmm. So fat loss is the same thing too. You think that when I lose this fifty pounds or when I become a millionaire, I'm going to be this happy person. It's like no, you choose to be happy yeah. now, and then that also teaches you to reframe how you look at the journey to the million dollars or the journey to the 50 pounds is you've got to learn to love the process. And the only way you're going to learn to love the process is if you slowly start to do one behavior to be until you get to the point like Sal was saying where, hey, I start off with one day of exercise and and that one day of exercise is challenging and it's hard. But then after a while, it's like, I start to like it and I look forward to it and I enjoy it. I look forward to it and I enjoy it so much. I go, Man, I want to do another day a week. Mm -hmm. And then you add two days. And then you keep doing that. And you do the same thing with like eating. You make a couple good choices as far as uh, good eating habits. And you start to connect the dots of, oh, wow, my stool is better. Oh, wow, my sleep is better. Oh, wow, my energy is better. Oh, wow, my digestion feels better. Like, wow, I kind of like eating healthy. This is kind of cool. Maybe instead of only doing it a couple times a week, I'm going to do it every day of the week. Or maybe I'm going to try and eat even healthier because I'm starting to notice like, I feel better. I like these things. Like That's the goal is to really start to fall in love with the process of getting there. And it's hard to do that, to Justin's point, when you're at war with yourself all the time. When you went from being one way completely and the whole other way it's like this crazy uphill battle and you're beating yourself up and you're restricting from so many things life sucks
1: yeah it's life not. sucks when you're doing that and who wants to Nobody stay in it that. nobody's gonna want to stay in that situation here's some tangibles. this is
3: why biggest loser 85 percent of them fucking fail yeah.
1: well i mean that's anybody who loses a lot of weight you know a majority a vast majority of them gain the weight back yeah. here's some tangibles with diet Rather than taking things away, start by adding things. This is a good strategy. So rather than looking at your diet and say, I'm going to cut all these things out, think what are some healthy foods that can add to my diet and then start adding those into your diet. It's a little easier to do that than it is to to reduce. As far as exercise is concerned, start with resistance training. Go to the gym, even if it's once a week and practice, okay, practice key lifts. Don't go to the gym to beat yourself up, but rather go in there, pick four or five exercises that you're going to practice and get good at. And resistance training, the reason why I say start with the resistance training is because that's going to set your body up for the long-term weight loss because the muscle burns more calories, you get a faster metabolism, you'll get stronger, increase your mobility. It's not as grueling. It doesn't feel like you're killing yourself like you are when you're trying to do cardio all the time. Just go to the gym, do a little bit of weights, start by adding healthy foods to your diet. Um, that's, that would be where I would say we should start. Next question is from Thunderbolt. I've
0: heard the older you get, you begin to lose muscle mass. Is this true? If it's true, can it be reversed with weight training? Is it harder to make gains the older you get? Yes, the older you get, you do lose uh, muscle mass. I
3: hate that, though. Yeah. That's yeah. that's based off of a study that's uh, where we take everybody, all walks of life, and we, we average it out. And we average it out. And since we know that, 80% of the population don't strength train mm-hmm. uh, then yeah of course you know over the course of 30 years of we tracked people aging that you lose muscle mass and that's what it looks like Yeah if you maintain you're such an outlier Right, so th- that's that's where this this idea comes from. That's well,
1: where... well, aging regardless, you will lose some muscle mass. But here's the
3: difference. That's not true. Of, Somebody who's never worked out before, who is 30 years old, I put them on a weight training program from 30 to 40. What will happen?
1: From hold on a second, I'm talking about. Let's say you're consistent working out the whole time. So I'm always so, I've that, been that the... that's the problem. That's not everybody. Yet. But I'll still lose muscle. So like, a, you know, 60 year old me, and that's is not, not going to have as much muscle. And even that's
3: That's not necessarily true. If you are so, you're saying that your your body doesn't age. So no, I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that it doesn't get more difficult as you get older. I'm just saying that the studies are flawed that you're that we're using to have this discussion. For example, okay, to your point, which you're where you're going right now, is if I train consistently the same way from you know 17 years old to 60 years old, do you? Yeah, of course you do. But. What if you train at 17 years old to 30 years old, three times a week, and then from 30 to 40 you scale to four to five days a week? Would you lose muscle?
1: You, you, well no, uh, no, you wouldn't. Y- maybe, you know you y- wouldn't. Y- y- maybe. So, here, so here's my point what I was going to make with this. Age does affect the body. It does cause muscle loss and loss of mobility. But the difference between somebody who's active appropriately and the difference between someone who's sedentary is massive. It's huge. If you take a 70-year-old who's been lifting weights their whole whole life and you compare them to an average 70-year-old who doesn't do anything, the difference between them is like, it's like two different species. You have somebody who's got muscle strength, full mobility, and independence, and then you have someone with chronic illness, loss of mobility, and loss of independence. So yes, age does affect how much muscle you can, you, you can have on your body, but boy, can you offset the shit out of that. Yeah, but I don't, even like, I don't even like saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't even like telling people that, that it
3: has something to do with it because it can be totally the opposite. It's 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 a it's a general truth that we've used because we've lumped everybody in one study. We
1: give way too much power to it. Yes, like what you're that's saying. what I'm saying. That's yes. why I don't even
3: like to. Yeah. I don't even like to fucking. You don't want to highlight. it. Yes, it, it's I don't total like to, I, when the clients yeah, used yeah, to say yeah. that. I'd be like, no, no, yeah, that's not yeah, true. Yeah. You're hiring me today, Susie. Okay, no, at 60 years old, you've never worked out in your life. I'm going to give you more muscle than you've ever had in your life. Sure. For sure. sure,
1: yeah. Some fifty-year-old uh, who lifts weights and does it appropriately is going to have more muscle and strength than a thirty-year-old who does nothing. Exactly. Yeah, right. that's, and that's but,
3: why I don't like to use right. that those studies. But age
1: and, age does play, objectively speaking, right it makes, age, it more, it makes more more difficult yeah, for, it, multiple reasons, right? yeah, yeah. for multiple reasons, right? For multiple reasons, your it's not, hormones
2: get affected, all kinds of factors. Right.
1: You do, but even even this. Look, even if you're even if you lift weights and you stay active, your hormones don't get don't get affected nearly as much. Oh yeah, yeah. especially if you're, you're a man. Able to stabilize them a lot. Better. Yeah, especially for men. A man's testosterone level stay pretty stable yeah. uh, for most of their life as long as they're exercising and active. So aging does have an effect, but, but working out, especially resistance training, has a direct opposing effect to the effects of aging. Right. And what, what, to your point, Adam, what we see with aging is this. You're a kid. You're, you're, in a, you're in your teens. You're playing outside. You're playing sports. Now in your 20s, maybe you're more active. You're still active in your 20s. Then you hit your 30s. you got kids. Not really being active anymore. Forties, all you do is work. Fifties, definitely all you do is work. Sixties, you retire. Now you don't even work anymore. <laughs> a lot of the decline in the health and muscle mass that we see, a lot of it is lifestyle. Is lifestyle. Yes. Some of it is due to age, but not nearly as much right. as 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 much as we think there is.
3: And to your point, that yeah. the, somebody that person who goes down that trajectory of that's what the average quote unquote person does. Exactly. I think that's a great point you're making. That same person, uh, and if we were to look at his muscle mass at sixty years old, if you were to compare that same guy who decided to weight train his whole life, boy, would the 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 difference if you were to measure their body uh, hormonally, muscle mass wise, it would be astronomically. Oh, different. it's
1: it's in, it's insane. Look, I just turned forty this year. Um, if when I look at my peers who are forty, and forty is not that old, especially nowadays, people live to their eighties and nineties. So I'm I'm like halfway there so I'm not that old right but I look at my peers who don't exercise who don't lift weights yeah and it's like are we even the same are we even the same you know species it doesn't look like it at well, it's all like the snowball going down
2: the hill it you gets know, if, you, if you get off track it's really gonna compile fast as you age
1: it totally I mean now if you're 15 years old or 20 years old there's a difference it ain't massive but as you get older boy does that difference? Make a huge difference. So in reality, here's the way I look at it, and this is why I do not uh, fear aging at all. In fact, I look forward to aging, is as I get older, I separate myself more and more from my peers. You know, when I was lifting weights and I was 20, there was a difference between me and my peers, but there's a lot of 20-year-old dudes out there that don't work out, that are still pretty strong and pretty mobile and whatnot. Not as many in their 40s. No. Not as as many 40-year-old dudes that don't do anything that also have good mobility and good strength. And it's amazing. Like So I even think like, so yesterday I was lifting and I was uh, it was a heavy
3: lift day for me. I've been in a, like a phase one of anabolic type of training and I haven't been training like this for a while. And, you know, I, I'm doing weights and I'm, I'm like, you know what? Considering that I've gone through all this stuff hormonally, I'm approaching 40 years old. Like I'm looking at the weights that I'm lifting and I'm moving. And I, I would think that my volume, my frequency, everything's extremely low compared to just where I was five years ago. But when I compare myself to... 20 and 22 kicking ass yeah i i would fuck 22 year old me up and 22 year old me was training seven days a week yeah yeah so i mean that really puts into perspective like when you continue to train years over years over years how compounding that is even me right now which i would consider myself very deconditioned in comparison to the best version of me even me deconditioned right now is way better than me training seven days a week and and on it at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, man, you 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 if you're tra- weight training and staying consistent with it, yes, age does make it more difficult, but I mean to me, there's also if someone's stayed consistent with lifting, there's benefits to age. You know, the 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 old man strength and the CNS yeah. training and the patterns that I've built for Understanding so many in your body. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. it doesn't take me very long to get under that bar for a few weeks or a month, and I'm already moving weights that it took me 10 years to get up to yeah. as a young kid.
1: Yeah, and here's the here's the big reason why I don't like the age conversation. Objectively speaking, yes, our bodies all age. Yes, it has. An impact on us, and as we get older, and it becomes a larger and larger impact. But but we just discussed how big of a difference activity and diet play in offsetting that. But here's the real reason why I hate that because it's inevitable. Why are we going to focus on something that we can't control? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like it's you can't control it. So why place all your focus on it? Why say, oh, it's because I'm older. Oh, my, I'm getting older. It sucks or whatever. Here's the deal. Make peace with reality. Here's the reality. Every second you're getting older. That's reality. <laughs> yeah. You might as well make peace with it because you can't change it. I, and, and they have yet to invent something that stops the aging process or reverses mm-hmm. it. So until that day comes, yeah. just make friends with it. Get I'm, used to rituals. Yeah, I'm getting older. Okay, yeah. so what? Uh, you know, I still, I'm active. I work out. I have a good time. I eat right. Um, and again, as you get older, you will separate yourself from, from your peers to the point where it will become, I've had clients, I've trained a lot of clients in their 60s and 70s, and I've trained some that were super consistent with working out who had been for 30 or 40 years. And man, let me tell you, it's not even it's not even fair. It's crazy. I had a client who was 70, the last time I trained him, I think he was 72 years old, and he'd been working out consistently for over 30 or 40 years. Here's a 72 year old man who could swim for two hours straight. He nonstop. I would do ab workouts with him. Okay, he actually would come in and would be my workout partner. And this fucker, not only would keep up with me, but some days he would kick my ass. He was obviously independent as shit. He didn't need nobody. He's got great muscle on his body. He got his testosterone levels checked. He was at 600, you know, for a 72 year old man. And 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 then I compare him to like. The average 70, 70 year old that I know, you know, like family members or people that I know that are 70, and it's, I look at them and I'm like, they're on 15 different medications. Mm-hmm. They can't get out of a couch without somebody helping them. They can't, some of them need assistance already. Um, they can't walk, you know, for more than, you know, a quarter mile without having to stop. And it's like, wow, what a complete, you have. They need Viagra. Yeah. You've put yourself in a cage. You know what I mean? That cage is, is, is age. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to. It's going to happen to me no matter what, for sure. But age is a key. But boy, does it make a big difference when you're when Boo. you're when you do the right stuff. Next question is from Dance Girl.
0: When is it appropriate to sit or stand for an exercise? For example, seated dumbbell curls versus standing dumbbell curls. What difference does sitting versus standing make? Do you guys have a major dog in this fight? I just I prefer standing. That's just my preference.
2: Yeah, you're term- a dork though. But yeah.
3: like,
2: you're an athlete. Yeah, pure <laughs> <an> athlete. Yeah. <laughs> you're an athlete. Fuck you, you
3: bodybuilder. Yeah, I know. I sit a lot because yeah. of that. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. like uh, really? we're really splitting hairs, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I can make a case though for this why is the
2: division here between us. Yeah.
3: So. Well, I, yeah. I I could definitely make a case for why standing is better. Uh, if if you were to ask if I had to defend one that one being better than the other, I I think it's obvious. I think we would all agree standing is better.
1: Yeah, just overall functional ability. Yeah, yeah, it's just you're going to burn more calories, you're well, standing, you
3: have to incorporate because so. a, a seated dumbbell curl or a seated shoulder press, um, you completely take your lower half out of the equation. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, you're having to stabilize with your trunk and core a little bit and then mm-hmm. everything up. Uh, if you're standing, you have to do all that plus your legs and feet have to stabilize. So there's going to be a higher caloric expenditure, there's going to be more stabilization involved. So for those reasons, I can make the case that it's technically better. But we're talking about splitting hairs here, yeah. And and honestly, uh, at the bodybuilder in me, um, what I'm trying to build, uh, I don't actually, I don't address cal- when I lift and uh, in, in the when I'm building and sculpting a physique, I'm actually not worried. I actually don't want to burn a bunch of extra calories. Right. I'm there to just focus on my shoulders. I don't want to make the you exercise the squeeze of that right. particular muscle. I don't want to make the this. exercise more challenging right. than what it already is. So if i'm doing bicep curls and shoulder press i'm seated because i want to focus on that muscle but for overall function
2: and health and yeah and, and also to condition kind of, yeah argue in your direction in terms of like teaching too i'll i'll take a a, a seated curl over standing just because there's less uh, stimulus. There's less, uh, you know, things that I have to to cue in terms of, uh, you know, having them to just focus in on like what the the function is, you know, supposed to provide in terms of like where their elbow position needs to be, like how they need to hold their their body in position. Like, there's just a lot less factors. Uh, you know, to work on besides you know standing up because yes, you do have to be able to really control your body and, and stabilize everything. You know, with with more intensity.
1: Yeah. See, seated is good for uh, if you want to do a really controlled movement and you really want to feel the target muscles. Then seated can be cool. That's why bodybuilders like seated so much. Remember, bodybuilders are always looking to target. Uh, you know, a specific muscle and feel it more in that particular muscle. And there's some benefit to that. Um, there's some benefit to for muscle growth uh, for that, but not because it's necessarily better at muscle growth, but sometimes connecting to a muscle a little bit better can make that happen. It, it negates body movement a lot. So if I'm seated and I'm doing a curl or overhead tricep extension or a shoulder press, I'm less likely to use momentum and the rest of my body to move a weight. Um, for functional purposes though standing's the best no uh, yeah
3: if you're if you're a person I and mean, to me that's the, the the divide here who should do what? if you are the the functional guy or girl mm-hmm. and like that's what you're all about you love mobility you're all about the, the total body working together and like in general health and fitness like I'm pushing you standing everything. Mm-hmm. But if you're the guy who's just like, I'm trying, I really want to build my delts. I really want to build my bicep. I care about sculpting my physique. Then fucking sit down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's, it's, and at the end of the day, both people can do both and be completely fine and still be functional and still build incredible yep. physiques. There's not, right. it's that, that's that small of a deal. It's not worth really debating. Now argue.
1: here's where it gets a little complicated, right? Cause then I have people, these are the hyper functional trainer trainers. These are the trainers that are like. Everything needs to be oh, super functional. Stand on a ball or a Bosu <laughs> yeah. ball. Well, stuff. well, even before that, they'll say, "Okay, a bench press is not functional because you're lying down. You should do a standing chest press, a cable chest press, where you're bracing yeah, let's yourself." Do a much more uh, less effective exercise well, version of it. And, and and now, why is it less effective? It's less effective because if I'm doing a standing chest press with cables, that's which, uh, what's his face? What's that guy that we that we get annoyed by every once in a while?
2: Functional patterns.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah, cat.
1: yeah so yeah. because he's, I'm standing. I'm limited by how much weight I can use. I can't push as, or I can't row as much. If I'm doing like a cable row and I'm standing, I'm not going to be able to row as much as if I'm doing a seated cable row. So now I'm not able to exert as much force and build as much strength and muscle. So there are some benefits, you know, that kind of go both ways. Like, is it more functional to do a chest press standing versus a bench press on a bench? Not necessarily, if I get stronger on a bench press, that overall strength gain is going to overpower the fact that you're doing a chest press and you're standing. I'm going to build more muscle and more strength. So it's not as simple as one is necessarily always more functional, one is you know, necessarily better for isolation or whatever. Um, I would say this, uh, for most people listening right now, mix them all up. Yeah mix them all up see how they feel enjoy
3: I, I many times will do a standing circus press or dumbbell press or standing push press with the barbells and then lots of times I'll sit down in a 90 bench and do shoulder presses there mm-hmm. i i'm i'm very inconsistent with doing the same thing all the time i think there's yeah. value to being able to push something over your head in a seated position to push something over your head in a standing mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. and I think it, it's really splitting hairs on trying to make the argument that one is better than the yeah, other.
2: I just tended
0: to go with the one that's harder.
2: <laughs>
0: you always pick the hard one. Oh, yeah. Next question is from John Alva Seven. I recently went full time with my training business and I'm trying to organize the payment side of the business. How do you recommend going about payments so you can scale the business better?
1: So, I, so I'm so i going to start this because um, when I first met- You um, can tell him
0: cash so you don't have to claim everything? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no not at all don't throw that i out, know guys. what the hell is wrong with you yeah. i paid everything yeah. no here's okay so this is something that um i'd heard other trainers doing but i didn't ever really met someone that was doing it effectively until i met justin so i i up until the last day i trained people followed the old school model of tra- clients buying packages so mm-hmm. i'd have a single session rate which let's just say your single ret- session rate's a hundred dollars and then, if you buy ten sessions or more it's ninety five dollars a session if you buy twenty or more it's it's you know ninety and so on so people get a discount for buying a package and then, as they show up, they use the you know the 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 session out of the package they'd sign off on it and they'd leave and then they'd just use it up and they'd have to use it up over a certain period of time, maybe a year or something like that and it's just an easy way to manage it it's the way that most gyms do it it's the way most trainers tend to do it um but the way that justin the way that you did it was interesting to me, and I see it being far superior from a business standpoint. Um, so maybe you can explain Because I'm not going to do it justice, justice. Yeah.
2: Well, I just, I, I kind of went to a lot of these different fitness business summits and like th- this was something that, uh, as independent trainer, you really have to figure this out and like treat it as a business and, and get beyond the fact that you're going to have all these contracts kind of keep coming on, you know, piling up on your lap. Like you have to really you know, be involved in the advertisement process and, and, you know, all the different appointments. And then also you have to have consistent income just to keep things going. So uh, I had to get more reliable income sources. And so for the way that I, I understood it from a lot of other um, people that I was learning from in, in terms of how to tackle this, they were starting to use, uh, you know, ways to kind of capture, um, you know, month to month, uh, automated type of payments. Um, and so they would start to lower their, you know, lower their cost per month. Um, and so this, this would be like an automated payment system to where they could have like consistency that now they could structure, you know, that month, here's, here's what's coming in and here's, you know, my expenses. And then, you know, this could start being more reliable. Uh, and I started to kind of use that model, but then, um, what I found to be, uh, more effective in, in my business was it, it's more personal to where um, I I would charge a flat rate so I'd charge a flat rate uh, per month and I give them two options I gave them like a full-time option and I gave them a you know part-time option and so that looked anything from like 3 to 4 plus you know times you're going to meet with me per week Um, where we schedule it in, you know, ahead of time, all that stuff. So I get the commitment or, you know, less than that is like part-time basically. And, you know, it's up to you whether or not you make the appointment. I'm going to put it in the schedule. You know for a fact I'm going to be there. Like I'm going to be as professional as I can. I'm going to make the experience like as good as I can. If you have things come up, you know, I understand. But this is kind of where, you know, I'm kind of throwing that ball back on the client. This This is like, you know, where we can kind of, agree before we get started that, uh, you know, this is this is how I run my business. And, you know, you you understand that going into this, like, that's the parameter. So, so, so there's no question.
1: So part-time would be less than three days a week. Yes. So they can go up to two days a week of training with you. Mm-hmm. Full-time is three or four days a week yeah. or up to four days a week. Right. And then they'd pay a flat rate either way. So let's just say I'm going to make up some numbers. $2,000 is part-time. $2,000 a month, you're going to see me up to two days a week. Four, you know, three thousand five hundred dollars a month. Uh, you know, give them a d- discount or something. You're going to see me up to four days a week, right? Something like that. And then it's it's automatic. And every you can structure
2: it however you want. You can do the price. You, you play with the price points uh, based off of like how much volume we want. And for me, I was like a way less volume guy. I was all about like higher service, less volume. And so I structured my my entire payment process uh, accordingly, and then uh, geared and directed all my focus and my marketing to speak to that person and what they wanted. And so I actually extended it even to like five to six times a week, just because you know people are at a higher price point they really wanted access to me, and and they wanted you know to to know that I could uh, I could come back again and and do stretching and do like all these extra Maybe things. Well, which right. is which is worth it when you're hitting a
3: price point of four to five thousand dollars or even three thousand dollars, because then you only need. Three people exactly, and, and you're a, and you're a six figure business already. That, so that's exactly how I structure and it. Because
1: one of the big challenges with doing the old way, which is how I did it, and and this was something I used to have to coach trainers on, is they it would it was hard for them to figure out what their monthly income would be because you'd have let's say four or five resigns this month, and then now they've all bought forty sessions. Mm-hmm. They're not going to re sign with you for another two to four months, depending on how much they show up. So you have this big month, you may, you know, maybe bring in twelve thousand dollars, then next month you bring in two thousand yeah. dollars, and then the next month you bring in five thousand dollars. And in they, you have to figure out how to how to track all that because what would end up happening with a lot of trainers they would have a big month they would spend a bunch of money then the next month come around they like, I don't I'm not making yeah. any money and be like, we not, have not to, tra- to
2: mention you have to service all those appointments yeah right yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that old model of having to sign off on every uh session to me is is dinosaur because now, yeah cuz now like yeah you you just close the contract but you still have to get through all of them to then re-sign them. Versus, you know, month to month, I know, like I give them th- th- this parameter, but you know, next month I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, close, and I know exactly how much money I have.
1: Now, did you find that when you switched to doing it month to month, like you're saying, that the clients were more consistent? Yes. Oh, they were. Yep. Because they knew they're paying no matter what. They knew, and and they knew that like it, I was either going to fill that. You know,
2: space or, or or time, and they wanted to solidify, you know, that that you know specific hour with me. It's like, it's almost like they're buying that time, you know, it, it, you know at that price point. So
1: yeah, so far when I that some of the most successful trainers I met since then have done it your way. Uh, I think the old way, you have to learn how to manage your income better. You have to really be good about getting clients to want to come work out because someone could buy 30 sessions. This is not unheard of. This happens to a lot of trainers. Mm-hmm. Client will show up for 15 or 20 sessions and then kind of slowly you know, come in every once in a while because they're scheduled or whatever. Next thing you know, it's like eight months later and that client's still on the same original package. Mm-hmm. You don't know how much is coming in. So I think that's the smart way to now, do
3: it. I, we know Jonathan, and I'm, I'm going, towards it, going to his instagram if i can find him real quick because what i'm interested in jonathan is if you have like a website because here's the thing that's that's important yeah i don't think he does in fact his link yeah i don't see. i see an email but i don't see an actual website at least Mm. he's not advertising it I, i think and and maybe his payment question too has something to do with like literally uh what Oh uh, like a like, like, a, like PayPal like square Yeah, square or one of those PayPal. Options. Oh that's or, so easy
1: nowadays. Yeah. It's so it was square and and, pa- and all that stuff. It's yeah, so but like. I I mean to me one of the
3: things that you need to you have you need to get done and you're you're probably gonna spend a, a pretty penny doing this. Uh, you know, I think my my first like real website that I, I built I think was I think cost me almost twelve grand. Uh, to build the first one, but you you need to have a, a fully automated website. You need to have a place that you can direct people to, uh, where this is built into it. So it has a PayPal option. It has a place that can take the credit cards. It has, um, I wish mine was still up so I could, I think I stopped paying the domain name and so you can't access anymore. Yeah. Uh, But you also should have, so I created a, a a place that generates leads and it was basically a, a really detailed, um, uh, like Park that just asked them their goal, how many times they want to train, all these all these things at, that I could drive to them and then I could get this information. so I'd know their full name, their age, their goal, how consistent they want to train, how how long they've been training for, like I, nutrition, where what level they are there. just there's a ton of questions that they had to fill out to for me and then I get then it, it it was designed to where if they hit that in my website, it automatically got emailed to me. so every morning I'd wake up, and, you know, hopefully have anywhere between, on average, I'd have like one to three leads in there of people that dropped into my website and were interested in like a free consultation. And that's how I would present it is like, you know, a free chance to, to meet with me and we could discuss whatever uh, as far as uh, a program or their goals. And then I would call them up. They'd have their phone number on there and everything, call them up. And then I'd say, hey, this is Adam, blah, blah, blah. And then I would talk to them uh, about setting up a consultation. Um You got to have that now, in my opinion. I mean, we live in a a digital time. The whole point of you building a social media following is to be a top of the funnel or a lead generator. You need somewhere to direct those people. Uh, You most certainly don't want to be like, oh, slide in my DM and then we'll talk and then then I'll meet with you and you're scheduling it all that way. You need to automate this process if you're really trying to scale a business because in a perfect world you get to a point where you're you're generating several leads every single day and if you're trying to manage that through email or through uh, DMs on your Instagram you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, bombarded and you're never going to be able to scale out of that so at one point you need to bite the bullet invest in building a website that's robust enough that has a place for them to purchase right away there so if they know they want an option like mm-hmm. Justin is saying full time this many times a week I can just buy right there which, you know a very small percentage of people will do that but you want to have it there for the the people that do because i'm sure this has even happened to Justin where you know occasionally you get that that client who is just an easy laydown they were mm-hmm. already looking to buy personal training your bio sold them or they got a ref- they were you were a referral from somebody else they look at your website and that's all they needed to get confirmed that this is the guy i want to mm-hmm. work with and so they just purchase right then and there or you have an option of you know a pop up that comes up and says You know, oh, if you want a free consultation with me, you know, fill out this form and I'll email you and book you or whatever. Uh, You need to have that, so I I would invest in getting a website built up so you have that, and then that becomes your place that you drive your people to to generate your leads. So to me, that is from what I see, just glancing at your Instagram right now. uh, Unless you're not advertising your own website on there. That's something you got to do for sure.
1: Excellent advice. Mm-hmm. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. So we have guides on everything from fat loss to muscle building to helping you with your exercise execution. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs.